0: welcome to the rscc podcast we're so thankful that you're joining us today here at rising sun church of christ we exist to know love and serve jesus if you would like to receive more information about rscc we would love to hear from you through our social medias at rscc family or through email at info at rsccfamily.org thanks for tuning in to the rscc podcast and we hope the message blesses you today How's everybody doing? I was going to jump right in, but I feel like I should just take a moment uh, because this is amazing. I love to see our community come together and celebrate the birth of the King. This is the reason we do everything we do. So hopefully as you came in, you got your kids way too sugared up on cookies. That was the goal. And hopefully you got some wassail, which was a special request by me that someone make it, even though I don't like it. And they let me know how upset that made them that I don't like it. But it's fine because it's tradition, right? You drink it even though you don't like it. But thank you for joining us. Now let's celebrate our king. So the world was waiting on a savior. Now if you look at the world at the time of Jesus, things were pretty out of control. Now I love history. I'm kind of a history nerd. So if you don't like history, please don't check out. It's really important. I'm going to give you just a quick snapshot of what things were like at the time that Jesus arrived. Rome had spent years taking over most of the known world. They had established rule with an iron fist everywhere from basically France to India. And the time period that Jesus was born into is known as Pax Romana, which simply means Roman peace. But what it really means, I think if you study history at all, you assume that this time period was just great and nobody was upset with each other and everything was easy. It's not what it means. All it meant was that there wasn't geopolitical conflict or the, the army wasn't fighting to hold or take more land at this time, but it was anything but peaceful, especially for those who lived under Roman occupation and weren't Roman citizens. For them, it was a time of fear. Everything that a person who lived under Roman occupation did was tracked. They were watched all the time. And if they did anything that even hinted at rebellion, the Romans would shut it down violently. So yes, it was a time of peace, but it was a peace held together by extreme oppression and force. And during all of that, during all the oppression that they were living through, and even before Rome even took over, they were living under oppression for a long time. The Israelites had a promise laying under the surface. God had told Israel all throughout their oppression that a savior was coming, that he would put an end to suffering and establish a kingdom of hope that never Ends, And after years of waiting and longing and suffering and darkness, he arrives. But he arrives in the most unexpected way. You would think that a ruler who was going to overthrow oppressors would come with an army and loudly announce his arrival. But not Jesus. The way he came was so unexpected. And the kingdom he was going to establish was unlike anything the world had ever known. He wasn't there to overthrow a temporary tyrant and change the political landscape. No. Jesus came to overthrow the threat of sin and death and to change the eternal landscape. All of that tyranny and oppression that the world was experiencing was the result of the fall of man. Man had become evil and the world had become evil. So instead of attacking the symptom and merely overthrowing a tyrant, God attacked the source. He sent Jesus to overcome the real oppressor, sin. And so Jesus came on a quiet night in a small town in what amounts to a small barn. And then the angels didn't announce Jesus' birth to kings and world leaders they announced Jesus' birth to lowly shepherds sitting in a field by themselves. Because Jesus was going to establish a kingdom that flipped the whole world on its head. And he would bring fulfillment to all of God's promises. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Uh, Father, I am so thankful that because of Jesus we have hope that we gather here today to celebrate the truth that Jesus came and, and he defeated sin. And so we celebrate. God, I pray tonight that you would pour through me the gift of preaching, that you would use these human words to speak eternal truth into the lives of your flock. And we would leave here different than when we walked in. God, we thank you so much for the hope that comes only through Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, what we just heard that they read was from Luke chapter 2, and that's traditionally used as the Christmas story. And it's beautifully written and it captures all of the details. But personally, my favorite description of the birth of Jesus is actually in the Gospel of John. In chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. And here it is, the birth of Jesus. My favorite description of it. Verse five. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness cannot overcome it. And there's so much I love about this passage. First, I think the analogy of light and dark is just really easy for us to understand. We know what it's like to be in darkness, and I don't care what you say or who you are, all of us are scared of the dark to some degree. Okay, all of us are. You know, I don't care how strong or manly you are, there is something unsettling about darkness. There's uncertainty, you can't see, there's weird noises, and you can't identify where they're coming from, it's unnerving. But it's wild what just a little bit of light does in the darkness. Light always overcomes. It illuminates the unknown and it settles anxiety and fear. This description of the birth of Jesus reminds us that while the world was covered in darkness and uncertainty, Jesus is the light that brings hope and illuminates the world. The second thing I love about this passage is its boldness. It makes a very bold declaration of who Jesus is, and it leaves no doubt. It refers to him as the Word. You hear that, that word a lot in that passage. It's talking about Jesus being the Word. And the reason John does this is to remind us that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything Scripture promised. That everything that they had heard from the prophets all the way back that was written down for them to read, it was all fulfilled in Jesus Jesus is the physical embodiment of the promises of God. It's telling us that if we want to know anything about God, who he is, what he desires, if we want to know his heart, we can look at Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the word. And the last thing I love in this passage is that it says that Jesus was with God in the beginning, that through Jesus, all things were made. This is talking about Jesus' divinity, that he is divine. That not only was he a man who was born and lived a perfect life, but he was also God in the flesh. He is the embodiment of God himself. And this reminder of Jesus' divinity The reason John points it out is because he wants to remind us of Jesus' authority. That he is God and therefore he has complete authority. And the the Apostle Paul describes this really well in the book of Colossians, in chapter 1, starting in verse 15. He says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And he, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This passage is talking about Jesus' absolute authority, that Jesus came and brought light to the world. He established himself as the king above all kings. As that passage says, he has authority over everything. Every power, kingdom, ruler and authority, Jesus is lord of all. And because of who he is, he alone is able to provide redemption for sinners. You see, this is the beautiful thing about Jesus. Yes, he is the almighty king of all kings. He has absolute authority over all of creation, but he doesn't lord that authority over us as if we're peasants who are subject to his every whim. He doesn't do that. No, he humbled himself and became one of us. He left heaven, came to earth to be with us, and he even humbled himself to death even death on a cross and he did that so that we could be made righteous and clean so that we could be raised to life again and receive the promise of eternal life jesus made a way for us even though we were sinners that's crazy he made a way for us to be brought back into right standing with god That passage in Colossians goes on. What we read in 15 through 20 is about Jesus' authority. But starting in 21, it's about the result of the cross. And he says, once you, talking about us, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, what he's saying is our sins separated us from a holy God. But now, those are beautiful words, aren't they? But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. What does that feel like? We spend so much time in our lives walking around feeling accused and guilty, feeling oppressed and broken. And because of Jesus, we are free from that. We can breathe. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We are free from accusation. That is a beautiful, beautiful truth. You see, this is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas to remember that light entered the darkness and put darkness to death. It's a reminder of the salvation that comes only through Jesus and the hope that we have only because of the cross. Jesus' birth was the beginning of a fulfilled promise. God had promised to redeem all of mankind back to himself and save everyone from their sins, and he did it through Jesus. Jesus was born in the manger, lived a perfect life. He called people to understand the world the way God intended it to be. He called them to throw off the chains of sin and death and look ahead to life and hope. Then Jesus willingly died a death he didn't deserve so that we could be free from the chains of sin. Jesus is and always will be the answer. He is the answer to all the weariness and brokenness in the world. Jesus is the fulfillment of the long-awaited promise. If today you are tired, lonely, broken, depressed, hopeless, you need to know that the hole in your heart can only be filled by one thing, And his name is Jesus. He is the one who fulfills every need. And scripture tells us over and over again about Jesus' power to save. Listen to these words. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 3.16, the one most of us know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And in 2 Peter 2.24, he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you are healed. And it goes on and on and on and on like that. And my prayer today is this. My prayer today is that this year, Christmas will be the marker of the day that you quit trying to do it on your own and you put all your trust in Jesus because he's the only one who can do it. These last few years, life has been difficult. Let's be honest. Things are uncertain. The world is weary. We're tired overwhelmed. But Jesus never fails. He's not surprised by what we're going through. He's not shocked. He has never failed, and he never will. He has been faithful to his promise time and time again. And if your soul feels weary, I want you to hear the words of Jesus himself. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's time to stop carrying that weight that has held you down for so long. It's time to give it to Jesus, and find rest for your soul. Every year at Christmas, we do something, it's a tradition. We light candles. Now, we don't do this just because it's tradition. Okay, there's a reason. We do this to be reminded of everything I just talked about. These candles represent that hope the lighting of these candles is a reminder that the world was dark and hopeless but then jesus came and light entered the darkness and darkness was overcome jesus claimed victory over sin and death at the cross defeating darkness forever and so we light these candles to celebrate and be thankful God's promise is fulfilled in Jesus, and now we can live with hope. So hold your candles, sing the story of Jesus' birth, and be thankful that through Jesus there is freedom. After I pray, the elders are gonna come and they're gonna, and the, our whole board, elders and deacons, they're all gonna come and they're gonna light candles and then they're gonna come out and help you light yours. Our leadership wants to serve you by lighting your candles, which I love that representation. And then we'll see light grow as we tell the story of Jesus' birth. That's an amazing thing. And once we're done, I'll come back out and I'll, teach, I'll, I'll instruct you to blow out the candles in a way that doesn't catch the person's hair in front of you on fire. I know it sounds like a joke, but I have seen it more than once. But we'll blow the candles out. But until then, remember, This is to celebrate that sin and death are defeated and light has won. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray and we'll light the candles. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus and the hope we have in him that by his wounds we are healed, that because of the cross we have the hope of heaven. And so God, I pray tonight as we hold these candles, we would remember that darkness doesn't win that Jesus has complete victory. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the RCC podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you have any further questions or you just want to know more about what RCC has going on, you can reach out through our email at info at rccfamily.org. We would love to see you in person soon. We have services that happen every Sunday at 8.30 and at 10.45, and you're always welcome. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.